TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the TalkZone.com, two guys at a mic show. Thank you so much for joining us midweek Wednesday here, December 1. The calendar hath turned again. All those hopes and dreams and aspirations and goals and objectives you had for the month of November. Well, time to tear them up, put off the eraser out and start all over again. It's the month of December right back at you. Hard to believe we're at a December 1. I mean, I feel like, David, also we just came back from our summer spectacular show. Opening up like with an August 2nd baseball special. And here we are December 1. Time flies when you're having fun. That's what we do here on the Two Guys in a Mic Show. Talk sports and more. Thank you so much for joining us, Big Dog and a Coach at your service. And actually, right now, the Big Dog and the Coach aren't at your service. The Coach, that's me at your service. The Big Dog, uh, hopefully, joining us in a couple of minutes. But the phone lines are always uh, at your service, available for your consumption, for your perusal. Use it with caution, but please use it. Phone lines open, 888-463-6748. Anything in the world of sports you want to talk about, 888-463-6748. We talked about the ACC Big Ten Challenge, a little college basketball, as the hoop season starts to uh, kick into full gear, if not full gear. At least we're gaining momentum in it. We're heading towards the meat and potatoes part of the season, but uh, some good games yesterday in the Big Ten. And I have to admit, I was totally surprised when Big Dog reminded me, and again, uh, those that listen to the show regularly, it's, I have a well-documented, among the many losses that I have, loss of hearing, loss of hair, loss of a few other things, uh, short-term memory loss. So I completely forgot, and then when Big Dog reminded me, I recollected it, but the Big Ten did win the challenge last year. Now, I disagree with the, the Big Dog, who said that the ACC really didn't dominate in previous years. They won a lot of close ones. I don't know about that. Seemed to me like the ACC prior to last year, I would say dominate's a pretty close word to use. But the Big Ten pulled off, if you want to call it the upset last year, and a highly respectable performance from our guys from the Midwest yesterday, including the Northwestern Wildcats, my team with 91 points. Everybody criticizes Northwestern's offense for being old-fashioned, a little backdoor screens and spread them out, and they'll pass the ball maybe six, seven, eight times before shooting the ball. Not a lot of... Pick and roll, not a lot of one-on-one play, but Northwestern's averaging like 88 points a game. Last year, they were the highest-scoring team in the Big Ten. And I, I will tell you this, folks, in basketball, it still comes down to one thing, and the Northwestern team and the Illinois team yesterday, very, very good as they uh, defeated a good, if not great, North Carolina team. It still comes down to shooting the basketball. You can do all the other stuff. You can rebound. You can defend. You can X. You can O. One three one. Two two ones. One two two. It still comes down to shooting the basketball and putting said basketball into said hoop. And that's what Northwestern did yesterday. Shot something like seventy six percent in the first half. So shooting will cure all ills. But I think on the scoreboard, um, we started off with a loss. Minnesota getting knocked off. You want to talk some college basketball here? Eight eight eight. Four six three six seven four eight, but Illinois over Carolina, Michigan, 
My surprise pick, don't cut out the Wolverines. I'm a big John Beeline guy. Not many Michigan fans are big John Beeline guys, but uh, Michigan knocked off Clemson 69-61. And you defeated Georgia Tech, Ohio State over Florida State, and Iowa. Iowa almost knocked off Wake Forest. So uh, I'm not a mathematician, but I think that comes out of four out of five. That's not too bad. Nicely done by the Big Ten. They could wrap it up tonight and win their second straight Big Ten ACC challenge. Let's welcome in right now our uh, collegiate basketball expert, a guy who was not much of a shooter in his high school days. But he could set a screen. He could pick and roll with the best of them. It's my blue-collar partner, the big dog, Joel Radwanski. Big dog, how are you? Uh, you know, Coach, for the for the first time in, in all the time we've been on air together, you actually got something aesthetically I did right. <laughs> well, there's got to be a first time. You know, like we played, uh, I, like on my Nike Town basketball team, I played with a bunch of great basketball players, and mm-hmm. I was on the floor all the time. Yep. And uh, we played, I forget, it was like something like 12 games one year. But I do know... I only missed two shots the whole season, yeah. and I was like nine of eleven from yeah. the field. Excellent. You know, you, you can't miss shots that you don't take. No doubt. It's all I did was set screens, rebound, block shots, uh-huh. the enforcer, and we, we, we won. You know, and they needed somebody on the court that wasn't yell. I was open. I was open. Mm-hmm. You know, twenty-seven times. So yeah. <laughs> you know how much of a Big Ten basketball fan I am, Coach. It was a good day yes. yesterday. Yes, a really, really good day to be a Big Ten basketball. Yes, fan. it was. Led by our Northwestern team. Aren't you proud of our Wildcats? Heck yeah. I mean, uh, that's uh, you know, I usually you know I complain about sometimes like how the where the matchups are, the close games and all that. But uh, it seems like this year the close games were at the Big Ten mm-hmm. arena. A couple of them, like NC State and Wisconsin, are at, at, at the ACC. But uh, I, I really knew this year was going to be the year that they put the beat down on the ACC. So it's not over yet. There's still five no. games today, but yep. I'm, I'm pretty, uh, how do you say, comfortable with today's matchups that uh, Big Ten will get at least two of them. So I got a got a call uh, at the uh, halftime. I was not able to attend the game yesterday. I've got season tickets this year, believe it or not. First time ever. They're not that expensive, by the way. Season tickets to uh, Northwestern University basketball. Anyhow, couldn't make the game. Uh, Glenview Jack, one of our fine listeners to the program, he calls me up at halftime from the game. He says, uh, John, we were down 10 in the first half. I'm going, ah, God darn it. Come on. We got to be. He goes, we are now winning by 12, uh, by 20 at halftime. So they were down 10 and led by 20, a 30 point swing in one half of basketball, big dog. That's some serious stuff. They shot 70. Six percent before you came on the air, I said you can do all the other stuff, the rebounding, the X's and O's and all that. Shooting is still the name of the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's we all know that you got to read. you got to do all that. Yeah. But if, if somehow you get so hot, because trust me, it's a lot easier to shoot when you play great defense and you get out in transition, you get layups and you do all that other stuff. But if you're shooting 76 percent, yeah, yeah, it cures a lot of ills around the rest of the court. Mm-hmm. It'll make up for a lot of things. By the way, so, Northwestern does have the most unlikely uh, basketball star, the most unlikely athlete in six foot eight inch John Sherna. You look at him and you would not think athlete. You would not think quick, but the guy has burst. He can get up and slam dunk it. He can shoot the three with a really ugly shot. He's probably, I don't know if underrated is the right word anymore because people are starting to recognize him, but one of the more unlikely stars, and he is a star now in college basketball. I don't know if you've seen him play, Big Dog. but Oh, absolutely. He's um, he's the Big Ten's only virgin. <laughs> uh, is that a research or is that opinionated? You know, that that's funny because you asked me the same thing last year when I when I said that about him. 
and uh, I, I will admit it's uh, it's opinionated. It is not technical mm-hmm. research, even, and I'm not really willing to look into that to see if I am right. No, I guarantee you between last year and this year as he become a star, I think he uh, if he had the virgin title, I think he lost it. Oh, that's good. That's He's one a, of those things that you want to get rid of quickly. No, nah, take your time. To all the kids out there, I would say take your time. Uh, big man on campus. That's what Johnny Sherman is. Big man on campus. Cats won. Your Illinois team, did you get a chance to watch them, Big Dog? No, I hate to admit it, Coach. I didn't get to watch any basketball yesterday. I, I was, I had my hand held. I was just keeping track of the scores the whole time. Mm-hmm. And you're exactly right because that, though, at least with the Northwestern game, I was like, oh, come on, Northwestern. Bad start. And the <laughs> next thing I know, I walked to the train, get off the train, and it had been, you know, just a few minutes I ran, so it had only been like 20 minutes, and they were already up 20. They were up 20 in the first half, Coach, with like 10 minutes to go, by the way. So I don't they, – they outscored them by 30 in about six minutes, seriously. <laughs> 10 of 12, I believe. 10 of 12 from three-point line. Oh, that'll, well, that'll get it done. That'll <laughs> turn things around in a hurry. But you would have been very proud, Big Dog, even though you didn't get to watch it. I did DVR the game, watched it, and uh, fast forward. By the way, Roy Williams and fast forward, the North Carolina coach, uh-huh. that's a real treat. Uh, well, yeah, that's the only way I can actually watch that guy. <laughs> I won't even call him a man. I, yeah. I hate Roy Williams. Yeah, though. he's he's taken himself a little bit too serious in his later years. Man needs to lighten up a little bit. Showing some wrinklage, too, by the way, a little bit. Showing his age. But uh, you would have been very proud of your Illinois team. Uh, specifically, they shared the basketball, big dog. They played defense. They didn't care who scored. And it was led by their mercurial star. You shot him down a little bit yesterday. I think he deserved it. Dimitri McCamey right now, right now, is playing, and I don't think I'm exaggerating, like the best point guard in the United States of America. I, I said yesterday, didn't I, that he's, he's the most talented uh, point guard in the country physically and skill-wise. It's, it's whether or not he decides to – Toughen up, and, and, and I maybe that's rude. That's bad. When you question somebody's toughness, that's like the worst thing you can do yep. in sports nowadays. But it's it really is. His mental toughness is the difference of whether or not Illinois ends up being a team that is a legitimate Final Four, um, what do you call it, uh, potential, or if it's just a team that is going to be middle of the pack in a very, very, very deep Big Ten this year. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that mental toughness is tested. Right now, things are going pretty good for Illinois. You never really know until you face adversity. That's where your mental toughness shines through. Yeah, exactly. But, exactly. I couldn't agree more, Coach. But I'll tell you right now, Dimitri McCamey just completely in control. That's the best way to describe his game. Balls in his hand. He is just completely in control. He cannot be flustered. He's drilling shots and his passing. Not spectacular stuff, Big Doug. Just laser beam Passes to open guys. Very, very impressive. Complete control of the floor. It reminds me of you know our producer, David Olson. It's like it gives you that sense of security. you got a guy who controls everything. Our producer, David Olson, Dimitri McKinney, two of a kind. Well, I, I got you, you know, Coach, having a senior point guard on a basketball team is gigantic, especially if the kid really wants to win yeah. a championship. If he's good. Yeah. I mean, no, like a good kid. Yeah, exactly. You don't want a senior that's no good. That doesn't really do yeah. you any good. Northwestern in previous years has had a lot of seniors in control. It, you know, hasn't exactly been a good thing, but I know what you're saying. And Dimitri McCamey is, uh, is that indeed. 
Uh, Mike uh, Davis played very, very well. Mike Tisdale played well. And uh, Jeremy Richmond, the freshman coming off the bench, too, scored, I think, 10 or 12 points. He's starting to make his presence felt. Brandon Paul, by the way. I love that kid. Well, you may love him. You're about the only one because he's slowly falling down the ladder from starter to six man to seventh. He's about the eighth or ninth guy, limited minutes. As brilliant as he is athletically, he's not able to produce uh, against good defenses, big dog struggling. To say the least. Yeah, that that happened last year when they were playing the Empire State of the world. They were he was uh, <laughs> he was phenomenal, and then in Big Ten play he cowered a little. I should say cowered, but uh, he didn't have as as good a run. So mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully that gets straightened out, Coach, because it, it's important that he that he's playing at a top level. Not sure that it will, but that's topic for another day. Empire State. I'm fascinated with the. Give me a little history of Empire State basketball. I'm not familiar with the uh, the fighting tall buildings. Well, yeah, they actually play on the 87th. The, the school is on the 87th, the 42nd, and the 53rd floor of the Empire State. <laughs> Very difficult to get class to class, especially, you know, that there's no elevators anymore. <laughs> Good old ESU, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very nice, very nice. Big Dog, how are you? We, uh, you know, our regular segment here on the – TalkZone.com, two guys at a mic show. Where did the big dog sleep last night? A lot of people have emailed in uh, with some various guesses, but uh, big dog, I ask you as I do almost each and every day, where did you sleep last night? Um, so it, was, it, it was actually, I slept in beautiful Humboldt Park, Chicago. Lovely. Yeah, it, it's I heard it's nice this time of year. I, <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. Did you sleep? Inside or out? Last time you were in Humboldt Park, you had to sleep outside. No, yeah, that well, that wasn't the last time, but that actually did happen where the the keys to the, somebody locked the wrong deadbolt, yep. and I ended up That's... sleeping outside for about four hours until I just decided to get on a bus and go bus to bus to warm up. That that was probably the best idea that I had. Uh, but uh, you know, I, no, it was beautiful. Grace came in, uh, a girl that I'm kind of seeing, and uh, she bought me all kinds of groceries, Coach, and nice. we put them into the we put them in the studio, so I, now I can feed the cameraman. So yeah. it's awfully nice. Beautiful. I'm glad uh, Grace was there to take care of you, and uh, we don't want you out on the street homeless. Uh, by the way, you do no. know one of the advantages of dating a homeless person? Uh-huh. At the end of the night, you can drop them off anywhere. Yeah, that's an excellent idea, Coach. <laughs> I, should try, I definitely need to try that. But getting the smell off you, very difficult. Take it easy. 888-463-6748, college basketball fan. Talk a little college hoops early in the show. We'll get to some football. we got some sports nuggets as well. By the way, Big Dog, I opened up the show mentioning that it is the start of a new month. So uh, once again, any of your goals and aspirations and uh, dreams for the month of November, rip them up, tear them up, bring out the eraser. It's time for a new month, my friend. Welcome to December 2010. Well, this better be a good month for me, Coach, quite simply. I think it will be. All right, good. I, I got I a have good feel. I got, well, I hope so, Coach. That's, uh, I'm planning on making it a good month. Mm-hmm. I'm doing things to make it a good month. But, you know, don't confuse activity with achievement. Excellent. So that's, Excellent. I'm trying to do the best I can to do the right things. We'll see. Excellent. Who said that? Was that ex-Northwestern football coach Dennis Green who said that? Yes, it was, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I, believe it was, I believe it was in a... Uh, a press conference after a really nip and tough game against the Bears, I believe. <laughs> no, not, not when he was coaching Northwestern. I don't think so. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, you know, hey, good things are going to happen to you, and they better happen quickly because uh, you are a believer in the Mayan calendar, and basically the world may end in 2012. So if you are going to have some breaks and good things happen, Big Doug, you're running out of time. You better hurry up. No, I, w- I was told that uh, 
like you know, like it was going to be March of oh, oh, you know, like oh eleven of two thousand and eleven that we was going to get done. I'll take that, coach. As Wait. long as as long as I don't wither away to nothing. But I do have to like stock up on canned goods uh-huh. and get myself a uh, a distillery. Trust me, because if this whole world goes to crap, I'm going to at least want to be able to produce some uh, like some corn <laughs> alcohol. Everybody else is going to be like, hey, you know, yeah. I'm smoking my beef. You know, doing all that stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm canning yeah. my vegetables. No, no, no. I'm going to make sure I have plenty yeah. of alcohol. Trust me. If the, if the world does come to a near end, you're going to be in high demand. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you said March of 2011, I'm confused. Is that when your life is turning around or the world as we know it may come to an end? So that's when my life turns around. Oh, okay. That's, that's, that's supposedly right. when it turns out. So but you're going to have uh, basically eight to nine months to enjoy it before a life as we know it starts to destruct. You know, by the way, a woman contacted me that listens to this show. Uh-oh. And uh, I don't have carnal knowledge of this one, so this one, is, I love it. this one isn't angry at me, if you know what I'm saying, Coach. <laughs> okay. And she was like, hey, are you a Virgo? And I said, yes, I'm a Virgo. And she basically said the last nine years of your life was I could do away with it. And it was it was horrible, all this other stuff. I gave her my birthday, and she did the same thing because she was, she was trying to outdo that little tiny Asian woman. And she, she did in terms of making me feel a lot better about stuff. And she also agreed <laughs> that March was going to it was gonna be all right for me. Beautiful. So. I'm, sure, I'm sure all of our listeners feel a lot better now. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. Maybe we'll move on to something else. Though. Yes, thank you very much. All right. By the way, college basketball, uh, there's a couple of decent games tonight. Butler? Taking on Loyola, big dog, right here in the city of Chicago. Our Loyola Ram, couple teams we need to mention. The Loyola Ramblers are seven in O, undefeated in the season. They're taking on last year's Cinderella story, Butler. That's a pretty good game, Joe Gentile yeah. Fieldhouse, right here in Chicago. Oh, that's one of the most underrated places in the city of Chicago to watch any type of game. Yeah, phenomenal going into that place. Mm-hmm. I may uh, there's a slight chance I may wander down Lakeshore Drive, swish around a Sheridan Avenue, and pull into Loyola Academy and pay my 10 bucks for parking and attend that game. Not likely, but a slight chance. Also, uh, can we throw some kudos out? The Notre Dame Fighting Irish football team, they've you know, had some tough times this year. They're on a nice little streak right now. But the basketball team, the Fighting Irish, quietly, don't tell anybody, 8-0 on the season. A little love for uh, the green at Notre Dame, big dog. That's that's much. I had no idea. That is very quietly, Coach. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not watching you know ESPN every day and, and, uh, you know, seriously, if Notre Dame, you know, wins a football game, they, they trumpet it around to all seven continents. You know, mm-hmm. the basketball team does anything. They're almost afraid to tell anybody because they're hate. When you tell somebody Notre Dame's a basketball school coach, oh, if they're a Notre Dame fan, they will snap. Seriously. <laughs> well, I don't know if they're bad. I think they're still a football school, but the basketball team is representing them pretty well. Eight, no, not too bad. And, uh, tonight's games, of course, you got, what, four more? Big Ten ACC games, and it uh, concludes with an 8:30 matchup: Michigan State taking on Duke. That will be, uh, to say the least, pretty good basketball theater. Is, is there four or five? Uh, well, let's see. Sure, I'm pretty sure all 11 Big Ten teams are involved in it. Yeah, you're right. Only been, so I, I'm yeah. just wondering. Yeah, you're so. right. Five games. So, so uh, Big Ten is up what four to two? They're up four two right so now. So one to tie, two to win. Would that be it? Uh, no, no, no. Two to win. And uh, three to really dominate because um, mm. yeah, there's 11 games, so there okay. will be no tie in right. any. Of them. So we got to win two out of the five to. Well, there can't be a tie if there's 11 games. That's my point. We've won how many so far? We're four and two. So if they can go two and three tonight, they will uh, be six and five in the tournament. 
Okay. Which would win it. All right. So there is no there's no ties, obviously, with eleven teams. Yeah, there will be no ties. Yeah, and, see that? Uh, Thank you for the math here. Eleven eleven games, no chance of a tie. Thank you very much. That's why I'm a highly ranked sports talk host on uh, a non English speaking station. <laughs> well, you got North Carolina State going into Wisconsin today. Woo! Wow. That uh, Wisconsin does not lose at home. They just do not lose at home. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, uh, as close to a guaranteed victory as uh, as the Big Ten has in this whole thing. So mm-hmm. Penn State uh, uh, will be in action tonight. I forget who they're taking on. They're taking on Maryland at home. So basically, Taylor Battle needs to uh, really go off. By the way, yeah, the same vendors also, uh, I'm trying to think, but Purdue is taking on Virginia. No, Purdue's taking on Virginia Tech at yeah. Virginia Tech. That, right. That's a pretty decent game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, obviously you got Michigan State at Duke. Duke. And the last one is Indiana going to Boston College. Not bad either. So there's there, those other four that I talked about are pretty difficult, out of, but uh, Wisconsin should end up beating North Carolina State. So mm-hmm. we'll see. hopefully uh, the Big Ten can steal one of those four games. I'm hoping that they will. Always fun talking some college basketball, one of our favorite topics, one of our favorite sports here in the show. We're not uh, not meeting potatoes season yet for the uh, college basketball. Oh, yeah, we'll put conference. college basketball on the back burner uh, in about two days again. We focus back on the Bears in the conference championship game. Yeah, we'll have another football Friday. I don't know about you, but uh, last week with Thanksgiving breaking it up, we did not play beat the schmoes. I had a little, um, had a little BS, uh, you know, beat beat the schmoes. I don't know if you want to call it a hangover. I missed it. It was, uh, it was like you know a drug. Well, bad analogy, but a drug addict, uh, you know, without the drugs, an alcoholic, not able to take a drink. I felt the shakes. I felt uh, Friday, I felt my need to make my Beat the Schmoes picks, but we weren't on the air, Big Dog. I was uh, suffer- suffering, if uh, only in a mild form. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I'm glad you were able to make it through. I, w- I went 2-1 on the, on picking games uh, on ShytownMix.com. Very nice. Making a nice comeback there because you were much maligned, to say the least, early on. Yeah, well, yeah, I went 3-1, and one, and then next thing I know, 1-6 the next week, and all that was bad. Mm-hmm. That was, I can't even explain by the way, you and me, uh, uh, neck and neck, our standings right now on Beat the Schmoes. And for the folks new to the show, we play it each and every football Friday. You pick three games against the point spread. Other shows play Beat the Pros here on Two Guys and a Mic. We play Beat the Schmoes. Callers can call in and try to beat us. Big Dog, I am leading you by a half a game. we got a great race going on. Both of us, highly impressive. Again, against the spread, I'm 23-13 and 13, having my best year ever. You are 21 21- 14 and 1. You are about a half a game behind. I'm sensing a great finish between the two of us. Yeah, I'm a game and a half behind, coach. Oh, yeah. A game and a half. <laughs> I'm surprised you actually got my numbers right. Oh, you were keeping track, too, huh? No, I keep, you know I keep track, coach. Uh-huh. I have no idea what you were doing. Oh, Normally yeah. I would if I was in the studio because then I would steal the pen yeah. from either Kevin Horan or, or Dave Olson and I would keep track. Don't kid yourself. Uh, we keep We keep accurate records here. We take this show very serious. Yeah, I, I take it extremely seriously, and I know David Olson does. <laughs> yeah, David Olson, by the way, is somewhat less than respectable, fifteen and eighteen. But I got a few. We're going to see uh, producer extraordinaire David Olson make a strong comeback second half of the season. I think he's, he's that's a damn lie, and you know it. Thank you very much. <laughs> he's new to beat the Schmoes, big dog. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I feel a great finish for Mister Olson. Well, see, well, well, the thing is with uh, Dave Olson, kind of like when you're playing in the College World Series. 
if you're only down by four, all you got to do is load the bases in the game, and you can tie the game. And it, well, if you're down three, yep. when we play three games, you can get back to five hundred. Yep. Which will, which we uh, call the the Big John Vic line. <laughs> okay. Because uh, he weighs five hundred. Uh-huh. So uh, he's He's within shouting distance. Yes, so Ed, he should be very happy, Coach. Yep, very happy. Yep. Your beloved Bears, by the way, play the Detroit Lions this weekend. Going to be interesting to see Detroit. Uh, despite all the losses, Big Dog, they've kept up their attitude and their spirit pretty well for most of the season. But finally, they're starting to show a few cracks in the armor. Uh, we'll talk more about it as the week goes on. But quickly, do they um, bind together? Do they do they stick together and hang in there? Or do you see some cracks in the armor? And uh, is the crater about to fall? Yeah, they're they're binding together, Coach. Okay. This is they're still a young team, and uh, this probably is the last game all year long that they actually play for because they really want the Bears badly after what happened week one when they thought that they won the game and and uh, what do you call it? Uh, Calvin Johnson didn't complete the process, so yep. they took, uh, they took a catch away from him, which I ain't going to get into that with you. But you know, like they they. they they ended up getting a loss in a game that they felt that they won. Mm-hmm. They're going to play this game completely flying around the field. And this game is gigantic for the Bears, people, for one simple fact. It's a division game. And the, the, the Packers have a little easier schedule down the stretch than the Bears do. And if the Bears lose to the Packers in the last game, the, the, the tiebreaker is no longer head-to-head because they'll be one-and-one one against each other. The next tiebreaker after that is a division game. These Bears better not take this game lightly, Coach. And the, the the thing I hate about the Bears is when they're bad, everybody tells them they're bad. All of a sudden, they they come through and they play great. When everybody starts patting them on the back, they start believing it and they don't play well. This game is and now all of a sudden everybody's telling everybody how great. They, oh, the Bears are like the like uh, what do you call it the the fashionable pick to go to the Super Bowl all of a sudden because the defense is playing so well. I don't want to hear any of that. All I want them to do is go up to Detroit, go up to Ford Field, and put a beat down on the Detroit Lions, period. Never understood. Never understood how in football that you could not, quote-unquote, as you mentioned, get up for a team. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, going. there are 16 games. You have one you're preparing all week for one game. How do you mm-hmm. not get up? Basketball, 80 games. Baseball, 160 Hockey, you know, 80 game, I can see it. I don't understand, Big Dog, with 16 games and a full week to prepare for one team. How you can't get up for a game? You're, but, you're, exactly, you're exactly right. And in those other sports that you that you said, those other three sports, mm-hmm. the playoff series are also set up in a way that it isn't a one-game elimination thing. When you're talking about, uh, like, football, not, yeah, not only, like the playoffs are like a, a one-game elimination thing. So there should be that win at all cost mentality every single game. There, you can never take anything for granted. So uh, hopefully that is not an issue with the Bears. If they get beat, hopefully it's because Detroit played a lot better and not because they came out there diddle-daddling. Beautiful. Big dog and a coach. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we got a few uh, news and notes from the world of baseball. Big dog, what else we got on the list here? A little Blackhawk hockey, the Chicago Bulls. Back in action at home, taking on the Orlando Magic. The circus trip is over. And I don't know if you're aware or not because you've been very busy with uh, work and uh, some girl named Grace. But the uh, the first few bowl announcements, teams where they're going, have been announced. We will give you uh, three or four teams and where they're going. A couple of classics are included when we come back. TalkZone.com, two guys at a mic, big dog and a coach. We'll take a quick break. Back in about 42 seconds. 
The lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Welcome back. Shortest break to all of uh, Internet Sports Talk and Radio. That's the TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic, Big Dog and the coach at your service. Big Dog, are you ready for a few bowl announcements? The first one's out there. Well, should I sit down first, Coach? No. Nothing that dramatic. Is it the Groupon.com bowl? Uh, No, but I am looking forward to the Groupon.com bowl. By the way, Groupon. Wow, I'm reading more and more about this Groupon. I think it's based in Chicago, right? Uh, yes, it is, Coach. Unbelievable! One of the one of the fastest success stories in business history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a legitimate like it's a billion dollar company. Man. They went from zero to a billion. Yeah, in less <laughs> than two years. Less yeah. than two years. Google wants to buy them for not, you know they're putting five like billion. A, unbelievable! They want to buy them for five billion. Five billion. Yeah, it's 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 and for unbelievable. A, they. And because they, they they tapped uh, they tapped a market they just uh, you know that's they're the first in the new wave of online marketing I mean they developed a very mm-hmm. successful business model that now others are rushing to copy but what's so unique about it big dog is this is not rocket science we're not talking attendance at uh, Amherst or John Hopkins University seven years of graduate school uh-huh. they're a very that idea was out there for the taking. Common sense idea, and I think there's other ones out there. If you or me could think of one, we won't make sure we don't announce it over the Internet here. There are ideas out there where you can make money. A very simple concept, Groupon.com. And he's now getting offers of a couple billion dollars. It's unbelievable. Yeah, sometimes you you think you got to take that. You know what I mean? When you're talking about enough money for the – Every single generation of your family, as long as they don't do something stupid forever, sometimes you gotta think you gotta take that. Oh, so. they will. Well, they'll, they'll take some. I don't know if it'll be Google's deal, but they're they're. He's definitely. I forget the guy's name, but he's definitely um, gonna cash in, as well he should. And there's a lot of copycats out there now too that are gonna take some of the business. How well they do it, we don't know. But uh, uh, were you kidding, or is there actually a Groupon.com bowl? Yeah, I, I, I was kidding. Do you remember that game that one year where we played? If it was a real bowl or not? Yes. <laughs> I came up with like half real bowls yeah. and the other half fake bowls. Can we do that again this year? I enjoyed I'll that. I'll be more than happy to do it again this year, Coach. I might have been the only one, but uh, maybe the two of us can do it off air around a fireplace and a cozy <laughs> sip, a cup of wine or something. <laughs> um, Texas A&M, big dog, going to the Cotton Bowl. Texas A&M has had a, quietly had a very, very good year. You remember when the Cotton Bowl used to be one of the premier bowls? It used to be... Uh, when I started watching college football in the early 80s, like, I mean, really early 80s, like 1980, it was, there was five uh, New Year's Day bowls. And it was the Orange Bowl, the the Sugar Bowl, the, the Fiesta Bowl, uh, the Cotton Bowl, and the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. So yep. the Cotton Bowl used to be one of the premier bowls, Coach, absolutely. Yep. Some great, great Cotton Bowl games. I think I remember in Alabama-Notre Dame. Yes, yes that Bowl. was a good one. Don't forget the Notre Dame-Houston game. I forgot. That was the one with Joe Montana, the ice bowl. And Joe Montana led them back, scored 21 points in the last six minutes of the game. Okay. And they beat the Southwest Conference champion, Houston Cougars. The 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 Southwest Conference champion always used to go to that game. Was that Andre Ware and the Houston Cougar? 
No, that was 1978, Coach. Andre, ah. we're not there yet. Not there, and I couldn't name one player on that Houston Cougar team. Mm-hmm. Dave Dorson, Chicago Bears, though, was on that Notre Dame team. Interesting. Interesting. How about the Armed Forces Bowl? Very uh, smoothly fitting into that. A very good Army football team is accepted. A um, invitation to the Armed Forces Bowl, so that's going to be an interesting one to watch. I'm not sure who they're playing. Somewhere in Texas. That's somewhere in Texas. I'm Mm -hmm. not sure if it's at uh, Jerry Jones Stadium or not. Mm -hmm. So Army's in that one. I love this one, Southern Miss. Decent season for Southern Miss. I think I read where it's their ninth consecutive year playing in a bowl game, so kudos to our good friends in Southern Mississippi. A lot of listeners, by the way. Via the internet down in southern Mississippi, they do have computers down there, big dog. Yeah, believe it or not, that's where the Chi Town Mix gets like uh, like twelve percent of their hits out of all the states. It's, My it's, point exactly. Yeah, yeah. From what I heard, the uh, Chi Town hits gets a lot of hits even when they're off the air. This is true. Yeah. Uh the this is not a joke, folks. The Beef O'Brady Bowl. David Olson's giving me a quizzical look. I should be used to that look at this point. I don't know. Beef O'Brady must be some kind of uh, chain down down south. But it's called the Beef O'Brady Bowl. Southern Mississippi will be playing. It'll be located in beautiful St. Petersburg, Florida. Big Dog, can you tell us a little bit about the tradition of the Beef O'Brady Bowl? Uh, well, Coach, it's a, it's got a long story tradition that will begin <laughs> this year. The long story tradition will begin this year, huh? Yeah, it, it'll begin this year. And who knows how long these bowls will last, because sometimes a bowl will last two, three years, sometimes one. All right. So we'll find out. I think a couple other teams. I think East Carolina, the Fighting Pirates, they're in a bowl game. But uh, each and every day now along the way, we're going to see more and more teams. And, of course, the bowl picture will be complete in about two or three weeks. I know you're a big bracket no, it'll, guy. It'll, it'll, it'll be done two days after the conference championship games, Coach. It'll, by December 6th, we'll know where everybody's going. So the conference championship, the final college football games are this weekend, is it? That's exactly what I'm okay. saying. By They're the fourth. By Monday, we'll know. Usually by Sunday night, we'll know, to be honest. Usually that Sunday night when the BCS comes out uh-huh. is when the rest of them. So okay. by Monday morning, we're going to know December 6th okay. where everybody goes. So it will not be a slow, drawn-out process of a couple of weeks in the next three, four days. We will have a gluttony of bowl invitations, and uh, you're telling me when we reconvene on Monday, Big Dog, the entire bowl picture will be in sight? Yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you. I'm both shocked and dismayed. Don't be dismayed, Coach. I like to be dismayed. I enjoy being dismayed. Part of the joy of getting uh, old. you got to get dismayed a little bit. Try it. You might like it. I wouldn't mind being mismade. Is she around? Uh, not my math teacher, Mrs. May. You wouldn't want to be mismade by Miss May. Uh, okay, good, good. Yeah. That would that would be dismayed. Yeah, she was a great math teacher. Yes, David. And just got to point out, I'm uh, at the Beef O'Brady's website. Yeah, <laughs> kind of disgusting. <laughs> they have a it, website, huh? Yeah, it's it's a franchise uh, <laughs> sports theme restaurant. Okay, which looks to be a mix between a Denny's and a Bennigan's. Oh boy, with the ESPN zone thrown in. So. Yeah, it's not not too not too appetizing. <laughs> there you go, big dog. Next time you're down south, uh, breakfast at the Waffle House and lunch at Beef O'Brady's, and I don't think you'll need dinner after those two. Well, it, it's St. Petersburg. Those people go to dinner at four o'clock in the afternoon. The only thing going to, that's on at four o'clock in the afternoon is the eighth and ninth inning of a home Cubs game. There, there is one in Bourbon A if you want a road trip. Really? Yeah, a Beef wow. O'Brady's. Yeah, we can road trip down to Bourbon for uh, Beef O'Brady's. Big Dog, what are you Sm- doing? Smoking Jack Sliders. Oh, that sounds good. Ugh. 
What are you doing Sunday, Big Dog? How about you and me at the Beefo Brady's for Chicago Bear football versus the Lions? Oh, that that sounds like a really good idea. What, do, do you feel like going down and picking me up in Aurora? Sure. Uh, that'll only be a two-and-a-half-hour trip. From I think it's on the way to Bourbon. It's, it's in the general direction of Bourbon. Emphasis on general. Uh. By the way, we had uh, emailed in from Sweet Sally Sue. Uh-huh. You know how we've been talking about uh, the airport and the, uh, I keep forgetting their official name. Was it the Transportation Security Authority? Yeah. TSA? Is that what it is? Yeah. All, all kinds of joke. But Sweet Sally Sue uh, emails in three different mottos for uh, the transfer Transportation Security Authority. Uh, one is we handle more packages than UPS. Two is if, if we did our job any better, we'd have to buy you dinner first. <laughs> <laughs> And three is, uh, this is a little childish, but it's actually somewhat humorous. Can't see London, can't see France, unless we see your underpants. <laughs> that sums it up. Uh, thank you very much, sweet you, Sarah. You know, my uncle sends me a lot of stuff yeah. that, he, that looks like it's real, like new breaking news things. Yeah. And the other day, you know, breaking news, and it said, you know, Barney Frank retired yes. yep. to become a oh. member of the TSA. Uh, take it easy. Yeah, well, I'm just telling you. Yeah. I, there was a Barney Frank. Sweet Sally Sue sent an email regarding Barney Frank. I chose not to read that, uh, one, because it was not fit for our family-oriented sports show, and two, I'm a big Barney Frank fan, by the way. You're a Barney Frank fan, Coach? I After am. what he did? What did he the, do? With the whole... Are you kidding me with the whole subprime loan thing and all that? I mean, he was part, big part of the problem with the collapse of the. Yeah, that was not one of the better Barney Frank moments, but he's been a long-standing, outstanding politician, fighter. Never seen for... him stand up. He's usually sitting down. You just stand it up, puts him out of breath. Well, if you follow him around uh, after hours, you'll see him standing up. Uh, you know, trust me, I've never followed him, but I've always worried about him following me. <laughs> Take it easy. Quality individual. Great politician. He had a couple slip-ups along the way, but I'm a big Barney Frank fan. Thank you very much. You know who I really like is Bernie Sanders. You know who he is? No, I do not know. He's kind of the uh, the independent. He comes on the um, 820 liberal radio station, Air America, and does like a one-hour segment every week. And it's one of the most educational segments uh, that you can listen to. And he is, uh, I think, I think he dropped out of the Democrats. So he's not Republican or Democrat. Long-standing congressman, I want to say, from the fine state of Connecticut. But this guy, check it out. He's got some really unique thoughts. Liberal by nature, but very forward-thinking, very intelligent, very smart, and not willing to go the way of the typical politicians. That's why he's an independent. And he's been elected over and over again by the fine citizens of Connecticut. Yeah. And he probably hangs out at uh, Beef and O'Brady's, too, I would imagine. All right. You still with me, Big Dog? Yes, I'm with you, Coach. We have digressed rapidly. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748, our phone number here. If you want to re-digress us, we'd much appreciate it. We count on you, the listener, to get us back on track, especially when the big dog becomes uh, distracted. Big dog, let's talk some NBA basketball real quick. The Chicago Bulls returned from their circus trip. They had a winning circus trip, four and three. That hasn't happened since you had, uh, I think you were a shoe salesman back at Nordstrom back in the day. No, no, that had to have been in the 97-98 season, so in November of 98. It had to have been the mm-hmm. last time they had a winning record. Yeah, since their championship years. I was at years. Nike Town when that happened. That's how long ago it was. That's a long time. That's a long time. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a long, long time ago. Thir- 
13 years and for you about 64 different job applications. But uh, the point is they went 4-3. and three. Could have been 5-2. and two. Could have been 6-1. and one. They competed very, very well back at home tonight, taking on Orlando. Carlos Boozer might re-enter the lineup for the Chicago Bull. But overall, they are playing really, really well. And obviously, Derrick Rose is a big part of it. Heck, yeah. And Derrick Rose is averaging 26 a game. And when he starts averaging 24 a game and 11 assists instead yep. of 26 and 8 assists, that's when the Bulls are really going to take off, Coach. Yeah, I agree with you. I still think there's a problem. As good as Rose has been, there's a problem that he dominates the basketball too much. Especially over an 82-game season. Yeah. That, I mean, that, a lot yeah. of the bull offense is, is Derrick Rose dribble, 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 dribble. Even if he doesn't create, he will then pass the ball off to somebody with about 12 seconds left. Well, it doesn't give the rest of the guys a chance to develop anything. And typically, after three or four seconds, if they can't develop, back to Derrick Rose it goes and then everybody else stands around and waits for him to create. That will not be as good as they've been playing. That's a recipe for disaster. They need to move the basketball, get everybody involved, and Derrick Rose's spectacularism will come out. It will come out, but it will come through the natural flow of the game. Yeah, You know, Matthew Johnson didn't even average 20 points a game, and he's considered the greatest point guard of all time. Mm-hmm. For his career, I bet Magic Johnson averaged about 18 a game. You know, it was the fact that he did whatever his team did to win. Yep. If you get wins and you're the starting point guard, that's all people look at. They don't. They really don't care about your numbers anymore. Mm-hmm. So, and rarely do you see Derrick Rose make a great pass. He's not. His vision is not not great. It's getting better though. Getting better. But as much double teams as he gets, as much as he has the ball in his hand, how often during a game do you see him make a pass that's like wow? Yeah, there's a lot of times that, yeah, he'll drive to the hole and, and draw three people and he still shoots the ball. And it's yes. like, you know, there was somebody late right underneath yep. the that you could have dished it to who could have yep. threw it out. I said the same thing and I got criticized by many, many people, including fellow sports talk hosts that I've worked with over the years, that Michael Jordan was a below average passer. I wouldn't say he was below average, coach. I, I see, I would. And all, all I know is this, the guy averaged six assists a game, okay, mm-hmm. and he was the off guard as in the guy that was supposed to be scoring for the team. Mm-hmm. Well, you and don't could... forget, when Michael Jordan played point guard for the Bulls that one year in 1989, he had, what was it, nine triple-doubles in a row? You know, during that yeah. during that like that like 15-game stretch, yeah. he averaged 12 assists a game. So when he was supposed to be the point guard, he got rid of the ball. When he was the off-guard, he was put it in the hole, doing just the way he was supposed to. I, I, I'm going to have to disagree with you, Coach. Well, he was I'm not gonna, a point guard. He was an off guard. I'm going to have to disagree with your disagreement and my disagreement. Um, I think he got an assist. That, that's like from saying, the, oh, your, your leadoff hitter doesn't hit enough home runs. It's kind of like, that's kind of like your, your, well, your fourth hitter uh, doesn't draw enough walks. No, he's supposed to drive in runs. I mean, that's. That's kind of... Oh, and I fully understand that. And Michael Jordan was a phenomenal scorer. I'm just telling you he was a below-average passer. He was definitely and, not a below. He used to have some dimes out there, Coach. He used to have some what? Dimes. Some dimes? Yeah, you know, dimes. Good passes. Uh, not familiar. It's been that long, Coach. We used to say that in the 80s. Okay, I'm not familiar with that particular term. But, uh, no, I don't remember that many. And you can give me the 12 assists, 6 assists, whatever stat you want to throw at me. I watched the games, Big Dunk. I watched them play, and there were very few to Jason Kitt. Wow. 
Now there is a, is a guy. Guard. He better be a good passer. Incredible vision. Magic Johnson. There's a guy who was a great passer. But Michael Jordan rarely. And don't forget Michael Jordan, similar to Derrick Rose. Double team, the triple team. It, it didn't take that much to be a very effective passer, but rarely did you see him make a really good pass. No, the, the Michael Jordan used to have great passes. And, and don't forget, he shot over 50% from the field. I understand that. It wasn't like he was chucking either. You shoot 50% uh, from the field and you average six assists a game. Yeah. You were doing something right, especially when you're the NBA's all-time were, leading scorer. And he was an off-guard. Let me keep on reminding you of this. There His were times to pass the ball was the score. There were times that he shot the ball too much. Uh, also, don't kid yourself. He he dominated the ball at times too. Now he, he made the Prior shots. Nineteen ninety in the eighties. I'll have to agree with you. When Orlando yeah. Woolridge was their second best player. <laughs> A moment of silence for Quentin Daly, please. That's enough. Thank you very much. Did he um, die recently? Huh? Did he die recently? Yes, he did. Okay. Yes, he did. Trying to turn his life around and uh, gain some weight. Tragically died suddenly, I think, in his sleep of uh, some heart ailment. But, uh, yeah, tragic life. Quentin Daly had some great moments, but overall, fairly tragic life. Um, you no, know, I'll agree with you. In, in his later years, Michael Jordan did start to come around and uh, hog the ball a little bit less. But still, to me, he never became a great passer. But we digress. Uh, back to the Chicago Bulls. They are playing outstanding basketball. Orlando Magic on the docket for the night, Big Dog. At home. Can the Bull pull out a victory against uh, Dwight Howard and company? Absolutely. I mean, there's no reason to be afraid of, of, the, of the Orlando Magic. And uh, I do know that the, the Magic beat the Bulls by about a billion points in the in the preseason. But uh, that doesn't matter. And I, I, I like the, I don't exactly like the matchup against the, against the Magic. But yeah, the Bulls can win it. It's not gonna, they might even be favored by a point or two. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Any Chicago Bull fans out there, NBA fans, brief moment in time here on the show talking about the Bulls. I will tell you one guy, big dog, that just continues to amaze. I didn't know if he could continue his improvement from last year, but uh no uh, uh Joakim Noah just is amazing. His intensity. His effort, and it's turned into skill level now, too. I mean, he's become a really effective defender, continues to be a great rebounder, improved scorer, and it's just his competitiveness. Game in and game out, maybe you, you thought maybe it peaked last year. He has taken last year and even stepped it higher up this year, but I didn't think he could do. And the impressive thing, dog, is he's doing it on a game in, game out basis, very consistent. Joakim Noah really uh, deserves a lot of mention uh, in NBA circles, not just here in Chicago. I, I couldn't agree more, Coach. I got into a real heated argument with a couple people. Me and one of my buddies started saying, you know, that a Carmelo Anthony trade that would involve Joe Kim Noah would hurt the Bulls. And, oh, you don't know anything about basketball. And then, like, like all the guy wanted was a bunch of scores on the Bulls. You need guys that can defend and pass and do the little things and can care less how many points they score. And all they want to do is go out and win basketball games. Those guys win games for you. It isn't always scoring. And yeah, it's, I'm so glad to hear you say that, Coach, because you know I have a little bit more faith in, in your basketball acumen when you, you talk about how important Joe Kim Noah is to a team coach. He only averages, what, about 12, 13, 14 yeah, points a game? Yeah, which is not bad. I mean, that's, that's not bad. He's putting some points in. He gets games of 17, 20, 22 as well. So he's he's become a um, not a primary scorer, but he is – a, a weapon offensive. 
he's a consistent double double. Yeah. You know he's going to get ten points, ten rebounds. Yep. I mean, that's just you just roll the ball out there, and it seems like it happens. Might be the most consistent double double in the NBA. Plays so hard, block shots. It's really uh, fun to watch. If you're a blue collar guy, you enjoy that kind of. Uh, athletic competitiveness at any level. Sometimes you don't see it so much on the pro level, but Joakim, no, he plays, he plays each and every NBA game, big dog, like a high school sophomore or junior coming off the bench who finally gets his opportunity to play in a game. Uh-huh. And goes, you know, that hard for three or four minutes. That's the way Joakim Noah plays on a regular basis. It's fun to watch. It is fun to watch, and you know it's funny. He's playing the guy that probably has the most double doubles year and year out tonight in Dwight Howard. Yep. Yeah, there's, I mean, Dwight Howard, you know, Joe Kim Noah is like a 14-14 guy. Uh, Dwight Howard's more of a 22-13 guy. You know, he actually, you know, that he's one of the most dominant players in the league right now. So. By the way, right on topic, we are uh, reminded that tonight at the United Center, if you care to go down there, it is Joe Kim Noah, bobblehead, down. Are you kidding me? How do they have his hair done? Is it like in the... Tied up in the back. In the, it in the is, place. but I heard he was complaining. He said the ponytail was not realistic. I don't know. He was trying to get specific on how it's bunched up in a certain spot. But uh, the bobblehead doll isn't a ponytail, but apparently Joe Kim is not happy with the replication. Well, hopefully he plays angry tonight because he seems to play better when he plays angry. Ah, <laughs> oh, goodness. Someday, Big Doug, someday. I'd love to see a bobblehead doll with you. I think it would be a good look. Be a big bobblehead, too. Be, if you have a real big nose yeah. on it. Because you are a large, melon individual. I have a big, you know what, I don't know, I wore a seven and three-eighths helmet. That's not that big a head, Coach. That's pretty big. Seven and three, like a uh, cap size, seven and three-eighths? Uh-huh. That's a pretty big cranium. It's not super big, but you're above the normal cranium size uh, average. I played football with a guy by the name of Afik McCarty. God bless and you. He, he wore an eight and a quarter. Wow. I'm not kidding, Coach. Eight and a quarter. The, I, I remember our coach, uh, Mike Hensley. Uh-huh. This was, it was in college. where He, he had a white helmet the, for, during practice because they had to order the helmet in, <laughs> and they couldn't paint it blue until, you know, finally would they, <laughs> he had to put a gallon and a half of paint on that thing. Wow. Eight and a quarter. <laughs> it was, he's got legitimately, that's the largest head I've ever heard of, no. ever. I've never heard of somebody with a bigger head than that. I'm Please. sure there is. Please tell me he was not he was not like five feet seven inches. He wasn't your field goal kicker, was he? He was six foot five, okay. two hundred and eighty five pounds, wow. all muscle, and he was the worst football player we had, unless you called him a name and then he was our best football player. <laughs> he could care less. The guy could have started at Miami uh-huh. if he ever when he played angry. When instead he just moped around with the Joe with the buddy. I'll speak. You're a, you're a blankety blank. What? The next thing I know, he's breaking people in half. It was hilarious. <laughs> hey, real quick, Chicago Blackhawks. Talk to yeah. Bulls. Talk to Blackhawks as well. They win uh, last night, seven to five, three game winning streak. Things are looking better, although their uh, star player injured again, kind of a freak injury. Martin Hosa, Marion Hosa, rather, is uh, out for a couple of weeks. Big deal. But the Hawks win. You know. What's up with this Boynton guy? He's supposed to be the enforcer of <laughs> The Boynton is the enforcer for the yeah. for the Chicago Blackhawks. He doesn't take anybody out in real games when he takes out Marion Hosa yeah. on accident in practice. Yeah. How the heck does that happen, Coach? And believe me, he's getting he's getting a lot of flack for that. He, he deserves to, by the way. You deserve you hitting somebody from behind low. I mean, come on. Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves uh, starting to score a little bit. Each of them, I think, had two goals yesterday. And uh, remember Thomas Kopecky, 
who really came out of the playoffs last year. He got four points. He's been one of their leading scorers all year as well. Uh, I think a goal and three assists yesterday. So Thomas Kopecki wow. playing pretty good. Yeah, Thomas Kopecki. He's uh, mm-hmm. him and uh, Hosar from uh, the same country. Where are they from? Not Belarus. One of those. Where? They, oh yeah, where? They played together in the Olympics, Kopechki and uh, uh-huh. Hosa. I'm, I'm losing track of where it's yeah. not like it's Lithuania. It's one of those, but yeah, he's uh, not, you know, a, not in my full hockey mode right now. It's it's, you're, it's funny you said that, coach, because Kopechki didn't do anything in the first half of last year. Mm-hmm. They go and they play in the Olympics, and he came and his level of play after. So a lot of people, oh, the Olympics are going to hurt the Blackhawks because so many players played in them. Well, it didn't seem to hurt the Blackhawks last year, and I swear to you, the guys that played in the Olympics came back playing, not right at first, not like right. for the first like uh, four or five games, mm-hmm. but because it seemed like the team, they, they were bad for a couple of games. Remember, we're all worried. Yep. But it seemed like, like Kopechki was dominant after that. It was the best thing that could happen to him was to play at that level. Maybe we could send a couple of our uh, rookie players and have them play uh, overseas somewhere in Olympic games because they're going to need more production from some other players. Blackhawks have been struggling, but looking better of late. Three consecutive wins. They win 7-5 to five yesterday. Very, very good. And real quick before the show wraps up, a couple of baseball notes. Big dog, of from an arbitration standpoint, it looks like uh, from one of your favorite teams, the Chicago White Sox, Paul Konerko, A.J. Persinski, and J.J. Putz. Might all three be on the way out? Not official yet, but uh, none of them have been signed, sealed, and delivered yet. So they could be going elsewhere. Well, just because they did not accept salary arbitration does not mean that they will not be Chicago White Sox. And I'm pretty sure Konerko is going to be back. I think Putz is gone. And Przinsky, the biggest suitor that he had was the Texas Rangers, but they just – Excuse me, the Rangers just signed uh, Yevit Torielba. So uh, I, I'm not sure what's going to happen with Przinsky, but if I was a Chicago White Sox fan, I'd want Przinsky back because all they have at catcher is people that have not proven anything. You know, they've got a lot of players that are uh, like these huge phenoms and did great in the minor leagues, but I, I don't know if you can really trust that when you're talking about do, you, do they really want to play with a rookie next year? Talking about uh, Tyler Flowers specifically. It's uh, yeah, definitely him. It's uh, I, the the White Sox need to sign Przinsky, coach. I, I think it's really imperative. Uh, they, you you do not want to go in with somebody so young because I, I think the White Sox can contend next year. They really can. They've got a nice pitching staff. They they've got a pretty good team. You don't want to have a good team and have a bad catcher. You know, it's like having a really good team and having a bad quarterback or a real good team and having a bad goalie. You, you don't want that. You need to – that's one of those positions you need to be solid at if you think you're going to contend for a world championship. No question about it. Got to be strong up the middle. It starts with the catcher. And uh, our inside sources, by the way, telling us uh, against your recommendation that Paul Konerko will, in fact, not be a Chicago White Sox. On the other hand, I remind you that our inside sources have not been drug tested in a couple of months, big dog, so – Take that uh, information for what it's worth. If you go to anywhere, Coach, it'll be the Anaheim Angels. You say that definitively. It, I can't imagine him going anywhere else. Most Every other team in baseball has got a really good first baseman. You know, I, al- I almost, he wouldn't want to play for. I almost feel like you have your own inside sources. You aren't keeping your inside sources away from our inside sources, I, are you? 
definitely keep my inside sources away from your inside sources. Please. I'd like to get a hold of your inside sources, quite frankly, and talk to them, because our inside sources, I'm ready to fire them. I'm looking for a new inside source if you got one available. Well, well uh, if you're going to touch my inside sources, you're probably going to have to get me drunk first, Coach. <laughs> oh, Miguel Tejada, by the way, signed with the uh, San Francisco Giants and Ryan Thurio. Ryan Thurio, now a St. Louis Cardinal, big dog. That's going to be weird to see. Yeah, I'm not happy about that. It's the Ontario down in St. Louis, coach. Yep. Not happy. And so the Giants win the World Series, and they decide to weaken their team. Well, Juan Uribe uh, left, right? Yeah. So they had to pick up somebody. Miguel Tejada, one year, six million dollars. Oh, you got some extra money to spend now that you won the World Series. What the heck? One year can't kill you. Yeah, well, I would. I would have rather catch Juan Uribe. I can't believe I'm saying that now, but Juan Uribe is 31 years old. Miguel Tejada, who knows how old he is, because. Mm-hmm. The average of his birth certificate says about 37. <laughs> uh, we got to say your rebate, a tejada to you, I believe in Spanish. That means goodbye, and thank you for listening. I'm not sure, but it's close enough. Big Dog, we'll do it again tomorrow. We'll talk some football, all right? Football Friday, right around the corner. Yes. Stay out of trouble. I, I will, Coach. David Olson, our producer, phenomenal job. Thank you, everyone out there, for listening. We much, much appreciate it. 10 o'clock tomorrow. Don't be late. Two guys at a mic. Talk zone. Dot com.